Support for 100 Watts and a Wire is brought to you by 100wattsandawire.com. To subscribe to the show, simply click the RSS feed or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. When you visit, apply for your free 100 Watts ID and learn how you can become a sustaining member. Click the Donate page and pick the option that works best for you. We've got a traveling toolkit, 100 Watts and Wire gear, and activity days with prizes. That's 100wattsandawire.com. And ICOM. Get out and get active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. And LDG. An LDG automatic tuner between your transmitter and antenna will match impedances and ensure maximum power output while protecting your finals from damage due to reflected RF. To learn more, visit ldgelectronics.com. And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Brothers and sisters, welcome back. We are talking about coax today, and Steve just said something that made my heart jump. And I thought, I better start applying for a second job, maybe something part-time, working <laughs> on the farm down the road. But I can't say that you're wrong. I've had this situation, and I've uh, I've had it in other places in, in my uh another job where moisture has gotten into things related to audio and it causes corrosion and you can't contain the water. It is sad to hear from my mentor and Elmer that once this gets in there and you really just hammered home something important to me is wrapping these connectors up like there's no tomorrow because this could really be an expense. And I know you said, ideally, you would replace it all. I mean, and hams are cheap. We're a bunch of cheap, some of them, you know. Yeah, we're frugal. (laughs) We want to do it on the, we want to do it on the economic side. And that's why we, you know, we buy used cables and it's like, oh yeah, it looks good. It tests good, you know, but. uh, We've got to be smarter then. If we're not going to spend the money, then buy the, uh, the whatever tape that you like, the electrical tape, the 3M, whatever brand it is. I know you uh, warn against some tape, and we can mention that too, but this would be a good transition point to uh, wrapping up connectors and how to do mm-hmm. that and why it's important. Now, you just hit me in the gut when you said, because I've got a run that might be 150 feet. I've got one from my box, my switcher. You know, it goes from home here out about 100 feet. And then from there, we go out further for 160, which is, you know, the leggy mm-hmm. beauty, beauty that I love. And that's quite a run. And to think that I have potentially killed myself in the way of, you know, financially, that's a big one, man. That's a that's a big one. If you ruin that one over, yeah. what, $3 tape? Let's talk about tape a little bit and, and how we can protect because... We can take your questions again. If you want to drop them in the chat, that would be absolutely fine. Uh, but now we kind of know that, you know, this each foot could be a dollar. It could be a little less. It depends on what you use, depends on your situation. Mm-hmm. I did have a question about what you said, and then we'll get to the tape. When you sort of retire your coax and you say, I think it's, it's uh, you know, it's still good. Uh, do you pick up another use for that? Do you put it back in service some other way? Yeah, you could use it. Uh, so we can do some basic testing. So if you know you have a hundred foot of cable, and uh, we take we took it out of service out of our 
our fixed station here, you can use it for portable operations. So let's let's take 100 feet of RG213 slash 8. We know that based on the manufacturer's uh, data sheet, and so if you went to ABR, you bought ABR cable, and uh, you know that at 30 megahertz, it's 1 dB. We, we know that 1 dB of loss is approximately 20 watts. So you take your radio, you hook, uh, you put a dummy load at the end of the of the uh, the coax, or the, at better better yet, put a dummy load at the end of your of your radio, or in, you put your radio into the dummy load with a watt meter. You measure the power out. Okay, we we're gonna get 100 watts out of the radio set on CW. Perfect. Now we hook up the coax and we move the watt meter and dummy load to the end of the coax, and we measure it. And if it's uh, around 80 watts, then we know the cable is in pretty good shape. You got decent connectors, and now you have, uh, and then you have a, a useful piece of cable. And it's like, okay, wow, dang it, Steve, I could have done that, you know. And you could you could do that out in your fixed station too. You can bring the cable down, put a dummy load on it, and check it, and uh, and go from there. But you know, it's this cable is say 10 years old. It's like, do you really want to risk it? It's it's cheap insurance. It's you spent a thousand dollars on a radio. You spent a couple hundred dollars on a uh, on an antenna. What's another hundred dollars on in your coax? Which you 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 got ten years out of it. You, it's ten dollars a year for that that piece of coax. Now you have the coax. It can be backup, or you can use it in. A, in a uh, portable operation when you go out with your club or go out and set up on field day. So is it silly to create like a ledger um, where you have made your maintenance? I mean, I, I, I'm starting to think like this now because I remember the farmers and my wife's grandfather was a farmer and we found old ledgers on uh, little pieces of, you know, books like this. And it's like when, the, what the cost was when they, you know, it was just sort of, these are pioneer type times and uh, maybe not quite that, that old, but you know, that, that mentality of how much you spent, when did you do the upgrades? You know what I mean? Because I'm mm -hmm. swapping in cable or I'm, I'm changing out ropes and it, maybe that seems like a lot, but uh, I think when it comes to a dollar a foot in some cases, and I use two thirteen. um, Bob Heil was uh, one of the early people in my ear back in those days. And he said that he uses 213 and it was just like, okay, he uses that. That's probably what I should look to invest mm -hmm. in. And it's, you can bury it and that sort of thing. So 213 has been what I use. It may not be what you need to use or want to use. It depends on where you are and what you're doing. Um, but I've swapped out cables and I couldn't tell you, like, I, I know when I started on HF, but I couldn't tell you when I swapped out a new piece of 50 foot cable, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's a good idea to start thinking like, Oh, you know, is that what yeah. you have to do in your professional life, Steve? Uh, we sometimes will put a label on it, you know, when it was installed or, uh, um, for the most part, we use, uh, <laughs> at work, we're using, uh, you know, Heliax and, uh, so right. it they last a lot longer. They're designed to to be, you know, long lasting. But uh, and we have an idea. But you know, ideally, we should put the date it was put in service, 
And uh, we've had cables that were, uh, they were fine 20, 30 years down the road, especially uh, seven eighths inch hard line. Uh, but occasionally we'll go up, we'll, uh, we'll put a load on the end and we'll test it. Or we, um, uh, we, we have a, a site analyzer. There's a, you know, nice $20,000 piece of test equipment that we can uh, sweep the antenna system yes. and we can, it's uh, basically a TDR and then, uh, so we can look for faults in the cable and, uh, which we have. And at times it's, uh, we run into something and it's like, Oh, time to replace that run and, uh, go from there. But for us here, you know, as the hobbyist, uh, we want to look at five, six years and maybe check our uh, connections and check our systems. Uh, it's coax is overlooked and, uh, it's, is it wrong when you say heliax that I feel a certain way? Like I feel something happening in my body when you say heliax. And, and Heliac. uh, <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, I should probably just move to Kyle's question. Kyle's a friend of mine down the road here. He's a question uh, for you, Steve. Interested to hear Steve's thoughts on what he uses for water blocking tape. Lots of choices out there and techniques for waterproofing. Great question and a great time to probably go into that I mean, AA0Z Kyle here in St. Louis. So go ahead. Let's talk about tape. Oh, that, that's a, a an interesting one. So first off, don't go down to your local dollar store and get that $1 roll of vinyl bla uh, black tape. Don't even think about it because it will bite you in the butt down the road. So as you know, I'm here in the Pacific Northwest, and a lot of my work is done on what we call the wet side of the uh, Cascade Mountain Range. So in the Seattle area, it's a very moist, uh, it rains a lot. So what we do use in the pretty much in the professional world is we do a kind of a three-step process. We uh, and the tape we use that I like to use is as a Scotch brand. It's either 33, 88. Predominantly, I use a 37. That's what work buys, and that's what we get. So, the difference between 33 tape and 88 tape is the thickness. It's and it's measured in mils. 33 tape is like seven mils, and uh, 88 is like eight mils. So, so it's just a little bit thicker. The uh, typically we'll put down a layer of 37 tape because that's what I use is just to over the connection. It's like, and we put it down pretty snugly. And the only reason we put it down there is because we're going to get back into this connector. It keeps the connector clean. Then over top of that first layer of tape, we use butyl, which is this sticky, nasty stuff. <laughs> It's once it, it warms up, it just gels and it's um, it gets really just sticky. And if you put that on your connector directly, you're going to be hating life down the road when you have to open it up because it sticks and it just becomes this gel. Uh, this not a gel, it's just a, this blob. And then we put layers. I put three layers of uh, of tape over the uh, the butyl. I have also used Scotch 23 tape, which is a rubberized self-vulcanizing tape. And that's what I and that's what I use here at home. I still do my three-step process. I put my first layer of, of black tape down or 37. Then I put the 23 tape and then I put 
two or three layers of 37 over the the uh, self-vulcanizing tape. And uh, but when I'm done, I layer it. Think of your roof and think of how the water is going to be coming down that cable. And I always go I start from the bottom, go up, come back down. And then my last layer, I go up that. So I start from the bottom and I layer so that water just kind of sheets down off the connector. And then probably one of the most important things to do is peel off maybe about six to 12 inches of tape off your roll, cut it, and then let it go. Just let it sit there. The tape will kind of come back, retract. Is that when you're pulling on it, you're stretching it, that tape wants to come back to its natural state. Let Leave it there and then slowly wrap it around. Because if you wrap your connector and then you pull it tight and then cut it, over a course of time, that tape's going to start peeling back. And once the wind hits it, it's just going to unravel it. And now you're, so put a tail out, let it, let it dangle, and then slowly wrap it around your, your cable to finish it off. That's how I do it. I've haven't had any water egress when I do it the right. I think people are like, wow, like maybe I am, I'm, I, I can only speak for myself, but I'm thinking three layers of tape, man. And you know what I find? It's a knuckle buster um, because I've got a five um, switcher outside, mm-hmm. five input switcher. And so getting into each particular <laughs> one makes you like, you know, this whole thing. When you say this, I'm like, oh, man, because I'm, I'm having to do two inches at a time around these things because I can't oh. get in. So I've got to get a better way of like taking them off. Uh, maybe numbering or lettering the coax uh, so you're not confused with, you know, seven, eight, five pieces of coax. And you're like, oh, no. Um, and then doing one at a time. You know, I, I'm guilty of doing uh, having six connected, two not connected. And then I'm mm-hmm. trying to deal with it all, at, you know, that kind of deal at one time. But three layers of tape, that's pretty significant. But I'm not mad at you now because you, you know, you've told me that once your kind of uh, corrosion or water gets into your line, you, you could be done and the whole run could be done. And that's, that's pretty significant information for me. I mean, I feel like I knew that, but I, I also feel like I've cut off a couple feet at a time to try to get to the good, uh, you know, coax that it wasn't. You want to show mm-hmm. us something here? I'm going to go full screen with you, Steve. What you got? Uh-huh. So here's, um, you're talking about, uh, so here's my entrance box uh, going into my shack. This is what you want to use to do your, uh, identify your cables. It's what we do in the professional world. We use color tape and you just, uh, yeah, so you just get these uh just orange, blue, green, white, there's red, there's brown. You can also, if you have, you know, just uh, say five colors, you can put multiple colors. So you can have an orange, blue, blue, orange, green, green, orange, blue. You can, so you can kind of color code your tapes. So this is uh, coming out of the conduits from the, the antenna field. And then, and then these are the jumpers that go into, into the house. And uh, so I know that my blue line here is my tri-band antenna. My green line here is my 80-meter antenna. The orange is uh, 40, but I had it hooked up onto this white RG8X, which was a, uh, a test 
uh, run. I was testing a uh, that homebrew uh, off-center fed dipole that we showed. And then this is my normal 40-meter run. So I was just, uh, you know, messing around. So a, a great, uh, you know, a simple way of identifying uh, cables is uh, uh, that I'm showing here. So, yeah, uh, there's... There's and so many the title different of the ways. show is like, are you confused about coax? And now I'm like, yeah, that's more confused. It's <laughs> you, dummy. You're the one. Um, no, so we're all we all get confused because there's so many different styles of coax. I mean, so let me reach down here. Mm -hmm. So let me bring up this. Here's two pieces of cable. And they all look the same. They just happen to have end connectors on them and just not UHF. But they're two different cables. They look the same. They're both 0.4 uh, inches in diameter. RG, one's a uh, RG214, and the other one is RG8. So this one's RG8, and this one's RG214. They're both, they look the same, yeah. but they're two different cables. They're both 50-ohm cables, but the, two, the 214 is double-shielded, and it's silver. And it's a mill spec. The difference is a lot more expensive. Would you use it to run out to your 80 meter dipole? No, <laughs> right. no, 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 no. Because it's uh, somewhere I saw 214 was $7 a foot. Good grief. Yeah. I bought some, um, they're three foot long. I had an idea I was going to do something. We'll save it for another day. And you talked earlier about bending the coax. Mm-hmm. And it's so stiff, kind of like what you have there. I think it's LMR 400, and it's about three foot of it. And I use it here in the shack, like coming through the window to my switch. And I'm thinking, well, it's a nice cable. It's short, and I've got it, like, looped around because I don't have it three feet. It would be here. Uh, so I have a, a little loop, but it's such a stiff cable. I don't know if it's necessary to have something that big, or I can have just a small, flimsy as a jumper, can you talk for a minute or so about jumper cables and maybe talk about some of the bending that you mentioned before? Because I'm afraid to kind of, it's so stiff that I don't want to, I know crimping it, I'm not trying to bend it back on itself, but just the turn makes me think, oh man, because there's, there's some resistance there with that. And then maybe uh, the second part of that is using these, using smaller coax for jumpers and, and the plus and minus uh, pros and cons of that. Um, I've used RG8X as, uh, in fact, that's what I'm using between, uh, my, uh, my 3000 and 1000 to the antenna switch. I have a remote antenna switch underneath the, uh, the bench here or the desk and the, uh, in between the, the radio and the, uh, and the amplifier. So yes, you can use, you know, like 8X, which is great. It's nice and flexible. It's relatively small. It's easy to maneuver around because it's a short piece of run. And um, uh, it's a um, it's great for that. It uh, it can handle. So let's another thing I didn't bring up in the um, on the, the spreadsheet here, or this data sheet is power handling capabilities. So if you look here and we'll just go here with the uh, 240 ABR 240, which is basically 8x. We can see at 10 meters it can handle 1.24 kilowatts 
But as we go higher in frequency and we get more loss, that power rating is is reduced. You're listening to 100 Watts and a Wire. Desktop tuners are one of the most popular ham radio accessories. LDG has just come out with the Z100A desktop tuner, and it works with all modern HF radios like ICOM, Yaesu, Alinko, Kenwood, and more. The Z100A has LDG's famous 10 to 1 SWR tuning range that matches dipoles, verticals, and fed long wires, G5RVs, or even an off-center fed Wyndham. Easy integration means plug-and-play operation. Installation could not be simpler. The Z100A's tuner goes everywhere with your HF radio. Desktop, portable, parks, islands, or tall summits. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing advanced quality products to the amateur market. Our focus is anticipating our customers' needs and providing them with world-class support. Don't forget, LDG products carry a full two-year, fully transferable warranty. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. LDG Electronics. Everywhere you look, there's an LDG. And ABR Industries. Struggling to find the right coax for your equipment? ABR Industries can help you find the right solution that won't break your piggy bank. We offer professionally terminated assemblies using high-quality PL259, N-Type, SMA, BNC, and many other connectors. Custom lengths and specialized labeling is available too. All products are individually tested and most orders ship within one to two days. For more information, visit abrind.com or call 713-492-2722. Little pistols and big guns. This is 100 watts and a wire. For 100 watts, no problem. If we're using it as a jumper, great, short run. For running 1,500 watts, let's see, one point, so 1,200 watts at 10 meters, we could probably get legal limit, say, at 40 meters, but we're pushing it. That cable is going to probably start getting warmed up. But fortunately for, for our duty cycle with the voice and even CW, we're not going to really exceed the cable, but I, I wouldn't. <laughs> it, I've done it. <laughs> Uh, I've ran 8x full legal limit for a while and uh, on 40 meters, and I know I was pushing pushing the envelope. But right here, and this is a great thing, and ABR does it. I haven't seen it with uh, any other manufacturers. They have a suggested. Uh, let me move this window. Jeez, move that out of the way. They have some suggested runs up to and for. 8x they say no more than 100 feet they recommend but here for the uh, lmr 400 and 213 you know they say 500 feet now you wouldn't do 500 feet at uhf look down here at uh, lmr 400 3.3 db so for a uhf run of lmr 400 you're losing more than half your power just going from the radio to the antenna now we can bring that, we can overcome that by if you had a 3 dB gain antenna, now you're back to parity. 
So whatever you put in the cable, you're radiating out on effective radiated power. That's a whole nother subject. <laughs> we, we're not going to get into that. So you, you got to look at your applications. 150 megahertz is two meters. We got, they, li- they list 220 and then 450 is our UHF 440 band. So you can, uh, you can see, and this is where Heliax comes into play. Oh, is man. right up here that 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 so <laughs> so heliax i'll just i'll just break it down if you're going to be running heliax expect to spend some dollars uh oh. i just looked up uh what was it uh so seven eighths inch heliax is about five bucks a foot Good. and then a half inch heliax is about say two and a half now it'll be more or less. It de- it depends where you get it from and stuff like that. So it's uh, we, <laughs> let's just say because we're going to wrap up and let people get on with their day because they have so much antenna work now to think about and do. But <laughs> if we can put, I know I do. I'm 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 getting a little neurosis about like my cables and stuff, and I wish I could reach it. It's like five feet from me, but I'd knock some things over just to show you the the bendable the cable. It comes to you in a package, and it looks like you. And I'm real sensitive with uh, with how I handle it. But Heliax came to me several years ago out out there in Dayton, uh, back at Hera Arena, out there in the uh, in the mud and the flea market, which I love the most. And somebody said, "Yeah, that's Heliax," and I was like, "What? What, what is Heliax?" And uh, it was, you know, can you describe it in like a minute or so? It's uh, so. It's a the shield of Heliax is a uh, is a solid core of copper. So it's kind of corrugated, and uh, the original hard line was a just a smooth wall, and then Heliax came along, and it's kind of this corrugated and allows for uh, ease of bend. But there's a minimum bend radius on Heliax because uh, the center conductor of or the dielectric of Heliax is. Uh, is in two forms. It's either air dielectric with a kind of the spacer that runs, uh, that keeps the center conductor uh, centered within the, the shield, or most of the time it is a, it's a foam dielectric. And uh, when you start to bend it, you're now putting stresses on the, on the shield. And then the center conductor can then come in and get closer to the, to the wall and the, and the inside radius. I mean, it really gets, uh, it gets a little wild. I'd, I'll have to bring a couple of pieces of uh, of Heliax and open it up and show it to you. But we have to be mindful of uh, the minimum bend radius. And, and the data sheets on uh, uh, Heliax will, will give you that. So a um, I think half inch is like we try to keep it within like six inch bend radius just mm-hmm. to maintain the integrity. So you bend it too much. You put a kink in the cable, that becomes an impedance bump. That becomes a loss. It becomes it becomes a problem in the feed line, and that, and now it's like, oh crud, we got to replace the run. And uh, yeah, you can splice into it and all this other stuff. But every time you put a splice, you have a a loss. And uh, what I mean by a splice is you can have two connectors, one female, one male. You you know, join them together. It's like a barrel connector that becomes a an impedance bump. It becomes a loss. Not so much at the HF world, but more in the higher frequencies and VHF, UHF. It be, it can add up and become a an issue. 
Steve but in your case of your LMR 400, yeah. your jumpers, if I wouldn't use it on a tower in a beam in uh, situation, but inside your shack where it's just going to be, it's not going to be flexing around because LMR 400 has a solid conductor, center conductor. Perfect. Just set it and forget it. And, and you're good to go. It's you got to think about the application and where this piece of cable is going to be used is, uh, is how you, you know, what cable you're going to use. So to kind of wrap it up, we got all different kinds of cables to, yeah. to, to come from the, the biggest thing for us always is going to be the dollars. It, we're always thinking of how much it's going to cost. I recommend look at when you get, a, a new station setup, invest in the in brand new coax because then you know you get coax from you know your buddy or you know from the flea market or whatever. You There's don't know it's out there. Th- you don't know. Oh yeah, I've used this in my situation. I've tested it. Well, did you really test it? <laughs> How did you test it? Right. When you put something in brand new. You know what what it is from from the beginning. You can kind of, if you're really anal about it and you can document it, the date you put it in, you can put a little tag on it, uh, what year. Some cables will have the date it was manufactured, which is great, but not all of them. And and you can go from there. And they'll just look at your application. And then after five, six, ten years, whatever, Maybe think about replacing it or when you upgrade your station. Anytime you do a major upgrade, hey, I got so, a new radio. Let's put it. in a new piece of cable. Just now, like, c- ju- sorry, go ahead. I was going to say you could schedule the, your change outs with your colonoscopies. There you but, go. <laughs> that? I knew it was going to make it in. Yep. There uh, you people go. Are, people are so, thanking you for your, your presentation uh, today. <laughs> and, uh, and then, go ahead. And and then if you don't have so and then there's the connector to if you don't have the tools or the knowledge or the skill set you're a little iffy on um, on making up cables you got companies like ABR and they make pre-made cables others there's other companies out there that make pre-made cables and they can so you can just order a hundred foot cable they and ABR will put on whatever connectors you want. And they can even personalize it for you, just like okay. Brian. Brian got a personalized cable. Yeah, cool. And think about it. If you order some cables and it's already personalized, if you go out into a club setting and you set up field day, your cable's already identified. So you know how to retreat your cable, retrieve your cable, and uh, when everything is all set up. So it, it'll cost a little love. bit more, but hey, it's, it's done. Worth it. prof- it's worth it. It's done professionally. And there you go. All you have to do is worry about put it in service, seal up your uh, your your outside uh, connection, and you're good to go. And my takeaways is that we put a lot of money into our antenna systems and our radios. Some people just put a lot of money into the radios and not even the antennas, which is a different, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, into the care of the uh, the antenna. But the coax is also uh, sometimes the odd man out, if you will pardon the expression. We we overlook that. Time. And it's not the cheapest thing. So we need to maybe uh, take care of it a little better. Keep an eye eye on when we put it in and uh, mm-hmm. what your goals are with it. Tape it up. And uh, people are giving you love for your, your presentation on coax today. And, and I can say 
The beauty about Steve is this is just one facet of his understanding. This is why he gets so many texts from your boy uh, and just asking the most mundane questions sometimes. Oh, keeps me on my toes. It's like, oh, okay. Now I'm going to see if I'm going to have the right information. So he may I'm, change his nut when he changes his phone number. That's the day that I'm like, I knew I went to the well too many times, but we can do this conversation with mm-hmm. uh, antennas. We can talk about antenna analyzers. The, you know, this is his world. He's been doing it for over 40 years. And uh, that's my main uh, Elmer right here. So I'm glad that we can bring this to you. Thank you, Steve, for sharing it uh, yeah. in the public forum. And uh, people have responded well to it. I, I hope uh, you found some value in this presentation, if you'd call it that. It's more of a just conversation. And, and you can join that conversation if there's something that... Um, and here's where I am. If, if you just have those questions, you think maybe I wouldn't even ask that publicly. I would. So drop it to me and I'll ask uh, on your behalf if you feel that way. Or but email me. Yeah. Just drop, an if, email. It, it, drop me a line. Uh, W7UDI at ARRL.net. If you can't remember it, just look me up on QRZ and the email's right there. If you have a question, I'll, I'll answer it as best I can. If I don't know, I'll tell you, I don't know. And we'll find we'll, it. We'll go look. We'll, we'll, we'll go look and, uh, and try to research it. But uh, yeah, it, it's in a nutshell, don't overlook your cable. Don't overlook your coax. It's, you know, we, we put a great investment in our radio. We put a great investment in our, our antenna systems at time. And then, but we overlooked the, I think one of the most important pieces of the, uh, of our setup is the uh, is the transmission of that rf from the radio to the antenna and from the radio from the antenna back to the radio and um and Good. what are we going to talk about next time this is exciting heliax 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 like, yeah we can I, talk I, about heliax or we can talk about, about weather weatherproofing i can uh uh maybe show different uh pieces you know it's like what's this butyl tape you know it's like what is it what's this yeah, 23 tape and KC3 AZT asked, are you taking notes? Christian, Christian's always, I don't think you can see it, but yeah, Christian's always, I think I spelled butyl wrong, but uh, you bet I'm taking it's, notes. Yeah. If you want to know uh, what, like butyl is, uh, coax seal. You've seen that uh, some, uh, some of the uh, vendors will sell a little product uh, called coax seal, and yeah. uh, that's butyl. It's, it's okay. this rubbery stick. It, once it touches itself, it sticks. It's, it won't come apart. It's, but it's great for uh, water entry. We use it a lot. We call it AquaSeal. So, uh, because uh, we use it for, uh, in the utility world, uh, we use a lot of it uh, for splices in vaults. And uh, it, uh, <laughs> it sometimes vaults fill up with water and water and 12,500 volts is uh, not a good combination. So no. we've got to keep it sealed up. Well, thank you, Steve. And thank you to everybody who dropped by today and anybody who'll be listening to this later on. We appreciate you go to YouTube, subscribe and click the bell. That way you get your notifications. We've locked into Saturday mornings, 10 o'clock central time. We do have a net tomorrow night, Sundays at seven o'clock central. You central just because that's where I am and, uh, it's in the middle of the country. We got to pick uh, a time zone. Be there. Yeah, we got to pick a time zone. Uh, we can talk. And, you know, and it's always the, the East Coast gets the love, and or the West yeah. Coast, and the Central doesn't get any uh, any love there. Staying in the heartland with it. Um, I think we'll have Ian back uh, November four 
November Victor for Charlie, Charlie. Coming, joining us from uh, Atlanta area. Uh, Steve will be there. I'm going to try to drop by too. Uh, we run in on 40 meters this week. Yep, uh, 20s pretty well. Getting, you know, we're doing in the a time change. So let's just stick with 40, and it simplifies it. And everybody just remember one band. Yeah, 40 meters so. now as we get into the deeper into the fall and the winter. So we'll see you there. Check in. We'll post up on our Facebook group, our frequencies on the Twitter page. And uh, we talked about YouTube. Thank you, guys. QRO to the people. And uh, we'll catch you again next week. 73, everybody. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.